Welcome back, everyone, to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Earlier this week, well, last night, as a matter of fact, the uh, National Football League uh, unveiled the uh, 2021 schedule. And uh, I'm truly amazed at the amount of leaks this thing has. you know, for for an entity that once destroyed tapes of a certain team's uh, alleged spying, I uh, just find it funny how how many leaks there are. But uh, in any case, the Steelers' schedule is set. There will be four preseason games. Everybody else besides us in Dallas will play three. There's just one preseason game in Pittsburgh this year, and then of course they have the 17 games, so nine at home. Eight on the road, and it's going to be fun, but we still have plenty of time to talk about it. And uh, joining me tonight are the usual suspects to help me through that, Ben and Ian. And uh, gentlemen, I hope you are well on this fine evening. And uh, uh, Ian, what are you uh, What are you drinking tonight? So I just cracked open, yeah, yeah. a um, Breckenridge Brewery Amber Ale. Or avalanche oh, very nice. yes okay. it's, it's quite good yes um Breck- and Breck- by the Ridge, way uh, if we are the yeah. usual suspects does that make ben kevin spacey and me uh stephen baldwin or <laughs> stephen baldwin I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone uh there, there's a lot of ways to go with that i'm fine uh, with that stephen baldwin's an idiot well, uh, Kevin Spacey is—I love him as an actor. Unfortunately, he's a fantastic actor, he but he's—he's he's kind of a uh, questionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. questionable, uh, questionable yeah. moral compass there. Yeah, yes, yes, moral compass. I like that. Yes, yes. Uh, and Ben, obviously, you just cracked into something. What are you uh, drinking tonight? Uh, quiet man, the whiskey, of mm, course, mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. delicious, and. Uh, what kind of beer am I drinking? What was in the fridge? I, I grabbed something. I had to run to the store real quick because uh-huh. I was out of beer. You were out. Rogue. Rogue oh, Brewing. Bat Squatch. Hazy okay. IPA. Oh, very nice. nice. Love a good hazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's tremendous. Uh, well, we hope wherever you are, uh, whether you're listening uh, late tonight or during the weekend, we hope you're enjoying a uh, beverage and doing so safely, of course, uh, which is always the case with us um anyway the uh schedule is all set the Steelers will open on the road for the 30,000th consecutive year uh it feels like I'm I'm pretty sure Harry Truman was in office last time the Steelers opened at home um that's not quite true but um it's been since 2014 and it's the Pirates uh, fault man yeah you know you alluded to that yesterday uh expand upon that a little bit the they share parking. Have, yeah. The Steelers exactly. The Steelers yeah. have to give the NFL blackout dates for the early season because they share parking with the Pirates. Right. If the Pirates already have a game scheduled for that Sunday, the Steelers can't schedule a game, which to me is fucking bullshit. I'll just go on record. Number one, sorry, Ian, the Pirates suck. <laughs> they do suck. They're awful. In September, they're not playing for fucking anything, and they're playing to a, a basically empty stadium anyway. So who gives a shit? They're and playing to two, not they lose hundred games. They suck. They should. They should rearrange their schedule to accommodate the Steelers because they That's suck. A it's a good point. All right, I'm done. That, that was my rant. I will. I will note though, there have been times when the the Pirates have played an afternoon game and the Steelers have had a night game. So yes. they have they have worked it out before. Granted, traffic was a disaster down on the north side in those games, partially because they made people empty out of the parking lots. So even if you had tickets for both games, right. you still had to leave the parking lot and then pay again and go back in, which was a disaster. But I understand why they did it, too, because they didn't want people just parking there, staying after the pirate game and just drinking and tailgating and rabble rousing. <laughs> and then no. you know, their parking yeah. revenue, Ian. I mean, yeah. come on. Oh, That's yeah. Hey. The yeah. county's got to get their parking revenue. Yeah, they I love gotta, the parking. That's part of the payment plan to make up for the public investment in the stadium. So, yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, no, you're, 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 you guys are right. I, I mean, it all has to do with the Pirates and what, what they're doing those particular uh, early weeks in, in September and stuff. Pirates and, games, even though yeah. they suck. Yeah. Well, you, you know, um, 
yeah, well, leave it at that. But the Steelers will open, um, uh, oh, I don't know, what what is that, an hour and a half, two hours north, uh, Ian, uh, up to Buffalo yeah, in there? Buffalo, which is yeah. a very nice very nice trip that time of year if anyone wants to go up to that very game. Nice. Yeah. Um, Buffalo, there's some good Buffalo fans on Twitter, but I'll say the, the Buffalo fans I've run into in the stadium have usually been Jagoffs. Um, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I always They're, thought Buffalo fans are pretty decent fans. They, the ones I know on Twitter are all great fans. The I ones mean, don't I, get me wrong. If yeah. you're one of those idiots that jumps on tables, you're a fucking idiot. But, um, I mean, for the most part, the ones that I've I've met have been mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Hmm. Huh. So yeah, if you're uh, if you're interested in a very lovely, um, you know, late summer drive, uh, head head yourself up there to. Uh, to, to Orchard Park and and the Bills and uh and enjoy some people jumping on tables and yeah. doing other other things. Um I mean every which, fan base has yeah. fuckwits. Every single oh, fan God, base yes. has God, some fuckwits. Yes. I mean some of some have more. I mean the Dallas fan base has a yes. lot more and the yes. Browns the fan Raiders, base they are. Yeah. Browns fan base has a lot of a lot more fuckwits. Raiders I can tell you because I live on the West Coast, they have a ton of fuckwits. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so some of them are, are more special than others, yeah, no question. Um, but the Bills, I've always found to be pretty decent fans, yeah, and knowledgeable, I, I, not not Jaguars yes. and, and, and knowledgeable about football, yeah. So I, I would agree based of, on one of my interactions, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, they're not it's um, not like you know, Bengals or Browns fans or anyone from Ohio at all. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> actually i will say i i did meet one one decent Bengals fan who was pretty knowledgeable about his team he actually got to announce a draft pick this year he's the guy who paints his face and wears the big hat he was a cool guy oh good for you oh, that's very cool yeah, yeah. it uh yeah. It must suck but, to so, be a Bengals fan but so there's um, one one Bengals fan that i've met yeah. in my life that was decent all the rest of them suck well, as Ben alluded to, every fan base has its complete idiots, but every fan base also has good people, much in the same way that we are good well, people. Well, okay, now listen, that is not true of Ravens fans. Uh, I haven't met too many Ravens fans, so I, I really don't they're think They're either I'd total know. jagoffs or they're, you know, you're indifferent toward them. They're I just, see. They're yeah. just okay. Right. But there aren't really any good ones. Well, let's just uh, yeah. establish think, that now. Okay. I think the best thing, the 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 best possible relationship you can have with a Ravens fan is a sort of agreed upon mutual hatred, right? It's like <laughs> I will agree <laughs> yeah, that your I've team so. plays well and has a good record. I will not say your team is good, but they have a good record. But I hate you, and that's right. pretty much like the the amount of you can have a mutual respect. But also hatred at the same time. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, yes, yes, I, and I think you can have a mutual respect as much as I hate the Ravens. You can have that, whereas like the Bengals and Browns, I, I can't even go there. No, I, I agree, mean, absolutely not. I agree. It's just yeah. it's impossible. You just can't do it. Uh, I, I, I had a I had a young mother once uh, glare at me because she was from Cleveland in a doctor's office with a small child. You know, because, well, I'm from Cleveland and we don't do. Th- you know, blah blah blah. Like, oh my God, seriously! And you so, said, um, "Oh, I, 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 I took the high ground. I, I, I was I'm, a bigger man. You know, well, I, yeah, you I, are a bigger. You man, are a bigger man. Well, I, I, I am, but I just, I, I just kind of laughed. I said, "Okay, all right, very good. My son's going back. I'm going to go back with him. You have a good day, I man." I probably would have said something like, "Well, oh, that's too bad, but." Don't be too hard on yourself. You can't win all the awards. Yeah, it, 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 if she wouldn't have had little Timmy there in front of her, I might have had some choice words. But well, I mean, uh, you, you can you be know. nice without you, you know, without swearing or or being mm-hmm, rude. Mm-hmm. You can just be condescending, which is what I would have done. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Amen. Um, so that opener, guys. Um, you know, look, it's opening game. I mean, fans will be back in the stadiums for the first time, at least as we sit here in May. Um, that's the plan. Uh, it's going to be a very hostile environment up there, but I, I think the fact that we have a veteran quarterback, he's seen this just a few times before. I think that'll that'll be okay. And I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of this matchup yet because we have a long way to go. But on paper, and that's what we do. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, but 
you know, it, again, no surprise we're on the road. Definitely surprising it wasn't Cleveland um, as as we've opened with them an awful lot in recent years. So, um, and then and then the Steelers get two straight home games, and uh, you get the Las Vegas Raiders coming in, um, followed by the Bengals. That'll be the first divisional matchup. Bungholes, um, yeah, the bungholes. Um, so you you've got that, and and then you've got a really. I, I was surprised. Were you guys surprised by the early season trip to to Lambeau? Kinda. Uh, yeah. I mean, not, it, it's just kind of a hodgepodge, except for December and January, which is fucking brutal. It's yeah. just kind of like they were like, "Yeah, let's make their last six six games really really oh, tough." We- and yeah, then we're the rest of that. it, the rest of it, we'll just you know we'll just put wherever, and you know, yeah. oh yeah, this fits here, and this yeah, it's fine, good, whatever. We just don't want to mess with the last six games because we want it to be a really, really brutal finish. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to that uh, for sure. But um, so yeah, the the Steelers, uh, you know, they 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 bookend the first four games, first quarter of the season, they bookend with away trips uh, to Buffalo and then Green Bay, and in between are the Raiders and the Bungles. Um, and then, you know, then they've got two straight home games again. So they're looking the at... the season uh, is done. I mean, if, if you well, want to really yes, line it up, the, the Pirates are at home in week one. They're on the road for two weeks, and the Pirates are back home at the, the first weekend yeah. of October, and he's, then the Pirates are done. He's dead on. I mean, well, basically, what yeah, you what you got to do every year is look at the Pirates' schedule, whether or not they're playing those Sundays, and if they are... We're going to be on the road, and if they're not, we're going to be home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it is. It's it's that straightforward. Um, it really is. But uh, in week five, the Broncos will come in uh, one o'clock game there on on Fox, and then and then you've got the quote unquote seventeenth game, which really isn't the seventeenth game. It's just an added game when when Seattle comes in. Um, is is that messing with you guys? By the way, when you look at other team schedules, and be, because I'm so used to looking at schedules and seeing four teams from the other conference, you know what I mean? Yes. And it now all of a sudden, matrix. It was a yes, perfect it, matrix. Everything and they was screwed it up. Yes. 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 The 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 only other thing I'll say is that the idea of one conference having nine home games and then mm-hmm. the other conference having eight and then flipping the next year is stupid. What they I should agree. do is mm-hmm. have this. If they want to have a 17th game, they should all be at a neutral site. So then they can yep. put whatever stupid games in England. They want to put in England. They can play games in Mexico city. They can yep. play games in wherever Toronto, else they want to they can play yeah. games in yeah. Vancouver, BC, yeah, or, or can, even at like some of the at, college yeah, college stadiums, stadiums right? exactly. Yeah. They could they could play at friggin' at Columbus. Yeah. They could play yeah. wherever. I agree with Ian on this. They, yeah. It should be a neutral site game. And so, and not only that, time. here's here's the other thing I'll say is they should have the neutral site games should always be followed by a bye week too. Um, Miami this year actually has to go to London to play Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and they're the only team that has to go to London and then come back and play the next week. Everyone else that goes to London has a bye, but they have to play Jacksonville Whoa. and London and then come back and play Atlanta at home. That's ridiculous. I didn't even yeah. know they, they are did, playing did, Jacksonville. Yeah. It's kind of like a week off. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's also uh, funny that you know they're. I granted Florida's huge, but like they're in the same yeah. state, but they got to travel across the ocean. It is hilarious. Other. It is. Um, well, so staying on that theme though, Ian, uh, do you think the NFL may have explored that the idea of the neutral site games and maybe just figured that ah, it's just, it's too much or, or, or we need to get that, that extra gate for these teams. I mean, let's face it. Money's the, the, the dominant thing here, right? Well, I think part of it was when the CBA came up that, you know, that in, in COVID, I think threw a bit of a loop into it Mm because the U S had travel restrictions. Canada had travel restrictions. Heck Canada's travel restrictions messed up basketball, hockey, and baseball's entire seasons. Yes. Um, you know, with the, the, the Blue Jays having to play at their spring training site, the um, NHL had to create a whole separate division for the Canadian teams. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, you know, in, in, the UK had their travel restrictions. We had our travel restrictions. So um, 
you know, I, I think for the, for this schedule, it was probably easier rather than trying to figure out like, can we get a game in Germany in like Berlin or Dortmund? Can we get a game in Spain at Barcelona? You know, right, can we get a game right. in Rome? I, I think that's their goal eventually is to, you know, to build the brand is to have more international games. And before COVID happened, that's how it was trending. I mean, you had the sure. Mexico city games, you had, um, you know, multiple games a year in London. I think there's only two or three this year in London. Um, yep, so, so yeah, I think, I think once, you know, once things normalize again, post COVID, I think you'll see an increase in international games and, you know, the, the way they set it up probably, you know, it's, it's equitable for two years, right? This year, all the AFC teams have mm-hmm. an extra home mm-hmm. game next year. All the NFC teams have an extra home game, but the 17th game is in the CBA for 10 years. So they could make that switch to have it be a neutral site game. Basically every two years they can, they can reassess reassess it yeah ben were you surprised they didn't go with an extra bye week or were you not surprised at all by that moderately surprised i tend to think that there are going to be some veteran weeks off going forward uh, and maybe they won't be officially called that they'll just be like yeah yep. this guy's you know not healthy enough to play this mm-hmm. week he's mm-hmm. out when the guy maybe actually is healthy enough to play um you know guys that have been around for a long time your cam haywards maybe your ben roethlisberger's yeah is it have been around for a little bit are going to have some some nicks you know uh a week off for ben last year after that dallas game might have done him some good um, well, and that's what I was going to ask following up was, was will we see those veterans uh, days off, if you will? They won't be called that, of course, like, as you said, but that that's what I was going to follow up with. Well, you know, the other thing to think about, at least in the Steelers microcosm, is last year they didn't really get a bye at, like, at all. No, no. Because they, they had a, a forced bye week when they had that game skipped, but they've been practicing all week. Mm-hmm. They were preparing to play the game, and it got canceled on Friday. So right. their buy was basically two days, and then they were back at work, yep. uh, which is you know kind of crappy. And then their mini buy was canceled after that for That's the, right. uh, That's the right. Thursday game. They got pushed to the next week. They just have they had to keep going to work every day, preparing for a game, not knowing when it was going to get played. And the Ravens just kept you know dragging their tails Ugh. trying to to forestall the game for as long as they possibly could. And, you know, it was just a mess, man. They were, they were out of sync, out of sorts, just an absolute mess. Um, They never really recovered from that too. I mean, that was a turning point in the season because they had to play the Ravens on like Wednesday. And part of it is Martindale really did. Martindale really did draw up a really good defense that game. He countered what they were doing very, very well. He mm-hmm. took the extra time he had because he had a fucking week and a half. Oh, yeah. So he yeah, took the extra times. time that he had. He studied the film, and he dialed it in, and he he, he kind of put out a blueprint for how to beat the Steelers' short passing game because nobody had been able to do it. Let's, let's talk about that for a second real quick. Okay. Because there's a whole lot of talk, and they ha- there has been this entire offseason, about how the Steelers' offense was so predictable and easy to prepare for. That's total fucking bullshit, okay? That off averaged 29.8 points per game through week 11. If they were so easy to prepare for, they wouldn't have been averaging 30 points a game, okay? That is just straight-up trash talk from players who found a way late in the season to counter what the Steelers were doing when the Steelers also simultaneously had had issues with injury attrition, mm-hmm, which was an mm-hmm. issue, and their quarterback not being at 100%, and the fact that they had no running game. But even before that, they had no damn running game, and they're averaging 30 points a game. So there wasn't really no. cause for concern until somebody came up with a blueprint to to beat that offensive game plan, and the Steelers didn't have anything to counter because, yes, it's true, Randy did suck. Um, but, mm. you know, by the same token, I mean, honestly, that offensive line was terrible. Um, those The running back talent was marginal at best. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have the threat of a run game or really a receiver 
in the you know in the from the uh the running back field the backfield excuse me right um you don't really have much that you can counter when defenses are just run blitzing all day long and that's what they were doing they were run blitzing and they had you know they had a clock in their heads sure. basically if they got to two and a half seconds and they were nowhere near Ben they just put their arms up they were trying to bat passes down and it worked yes it did and um yeah, you know, it was a Marlon Humphrey this week that was talking about, you know, listening to Roethlisberger basically tell each guy what route he's running and all that stuff. And, you know, again. It was. And actually, yeah. I mean, if you go back and listen to some of our podcasts, we talked about that. I mean, this, is, yep. this was common mm-hmm. knowledge. I remember Ben on the show saying, like, it's hilarious that, you know, Roethlisberger's basically coming to the line and telling Juju, you know, you're running a crosser and Deontay, you're running an out. And right. the defense still couldn't stop it because our guys were just, you know, better right. than whoever was lining up across from them. Well, and- it was that and, and Roethlisberger, what he was trying to do was move the safeties so that he had one-on-one matchups. And then when he knew where the one-on-one matchup was, that's where he threw the ball. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah and- right. I know, and some of it was that Randy just had no idea how to call plays, so Ben just yeah, there's that. Plays. Okay, Finger <laughs> sucks. Finger does suck, but let's let's be frank. The execution, in particular, by the offensive line last season was god awful. Oh, it was, it was horrible, yeah. terrible. I wonder. I wonder if our friend Samantha. I wonder if she has like days of withdrawal. You know, not being able to say "fire Randy" or "Randy sucks." I mean, yeah. she she was she was on that bandwagon for so Sam long, and Amanda right? were both. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Amanda and I cracked about it this week. But I'm serious. I'm like, dude, did you guys date or something? I mean, it's like you hate this guy. You hate this guy so much. It must be personal. She was scorned. <laughs> she was. She really hates him. I'm yeah. just like, my God. Yeah. It. I mean, yeah, he sucks, but he's not the biggest problem. He's no. a problem. He's a problem. Uh, so, hey, look after the Steelers play uh, play home to the Seahawks, and again that's a uh, a Sunday nighter. That's an eight twenty Sunday night game there. Which, yeah, I'm not uh, thrilled about that. Russell Wilson plays really well on Sunday night. He does. He's two and zero against the Steelers. Of course, the one the one time. I mean, yeah. basically Ben was was shut down most of the game. But um, they go on fun the bye fact, week. Though. You yes, fun, fun fact. fact. Yes, yes, fun, fun fact. fact. So the 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 game Ben got hurt in against Seattle, yeah, um, I was a couple at it. years ago. Yeah, uh, that was the first time the Seahawks had ever scored a point at Heinz Field. They had played That's there right. twice before and got shut out both times. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, they had, had honestly. Little... It won't surprise me if they lose this time. I I kind of think the Steelers want to get the shit taste out of their mouths from the last game, and it's a night game and. I don't know why Tomlin's teams just play so damn much better at night, but they do. They do. Oh, yeah, the case. Do. Yeah. Especially Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after the bye in week seven, the Steelers will um, head over to Cleveland. Um, hey, so did that, you guys that, see anybody you know, complaining about when the bye was? Because I did nope. not see this. <laughs> and it's apparently a thing on Twitter, but I'm like, I I personally didn't see too many people. I, I mean, I, I didn't I see anybody. Most... I mean, I saw people on Steelers Facebook, but those are idiots. Well, Sorry, many, many, many. Yeah, I um, mean, you know, we talked about the fact that every fan base has idiots. They all hang out on Steelers Facebook, and they're very, very loud. Uh, yes, yes. I, I, look, I, I mean, there's nothing you can do about the bye week. I mean, there's there's plenty of teams bitching about the week. What is it? Week fourteen bye week. Dude, can you imagine? Um, now, I, that I, would be shitty. That would suck. <laughs> if I'm a player, that would suck. That would suck something <laughs> not, fierce. Yeah, not getting a buy until December, like th- week 13 and 14. There's there's four teams in week 13 and four teams in week 14 that have bye weeks. I mean, that's that's a quarter of the league. That's eight. Yeah. Eight out of 32 teams have to wait till December for their bye week. That's, that's awful. ridiculous. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um so the 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 week in week eight they play uh one o'clock game at Cleveland and then they come home they they've got two straight at home they'll have uh the, the dub bears uh and then Monday uh, night yeah that's a Monday nighter and then uh the Lions come in for a one o'clock the, the following week which of course is going to be a little bit of a short week but they're home both games so not quite as big a deal um 
And and then we start getting towards the nitty gritty here. Uh, we have a Sunday nighter in Los Angeles, and I'm very proud of myself for not saying San Diego. Um, we'll be at, good job because uh, I said Oakland earlier. Yeah, <laughs> SoFi Stadium or whatever the hell they call that spaceship yeah. out there. The, uh, place, the place we took over last time, or no, yeah, that was the soccer. No, no, that, that was, was that one. was San Diego the last time we took it over. No, that was, was LA. That was it. Was that, that was soccer Duck stadium? Rogers. Yeah, Duck went out there and beat him. Right. It was that. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was whatever. a soccer stadium. Yep. Yep. That we uh, completely filled. Um, Steelers will play Week Twelve at Cincinnati. Uh, that's yeah, that's the, the tenth home game this year. It it's Cincinnati. Paul that's, Brown Stadium. That's correct. Heinzfield uh, West, uh, as it's uh, affectionately been been known. And then the gauntlet begins, guys. Um, in week 13, the Ravens come in for a 425 start. Um, and then, then they have a quick turnaround. Yeah, that sucks, um, man. We got a late afternoon game. Yeah. And then we got a Thursday game. I, I, and I guess this is the point to pause. And, and I, I don't personally, I don't have a ton to bitch about in terms of the schedule, how, how they've laid it out. But this is the one spot that I definitely could. You, you play a late Sunday game, and then you got to turn around and make a trip west. Road trip to, to Minnesota for right. a Thursday game. Right, for a Thursday game. that That's a tall order. Yeah, that's um, that's the game I'm looking at as a, as a potential veteran week off. Yeah, uh, we got some guys that are nicked up, right. and uh, they may be sitting this game. Yeah. yeah, and it's a I, it's a non conference game, so it doesn't hurt you with the tiebreakers. Yeah, right, right. right. No, I think and that's honestly, an excellent they've, point. They've done that before for for non conference games. There have been guys who have been working their way back from injury, and they've mm-hmm. basically said, yeah, if this was you know a divisional game, they'd be playing. But yeah, we can give that's them the true. week off. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and especially um, coming off the Baltimore game, yeah, that's right? Just, I mean, that's a physical, brutal. Game. Oh, it is. Those, it is. Those guys genuinely do not like each other. <laughs> no, no. It's a. It's as physical a game as there is in in pro football, and and you see both teams feel the effects of it the next week. It's just it's common, and we get to see um, Alvi and Nueva that week. Well, I'm sure TJ we, Watt will be happy to see him. Oh my god, uh, well, I'm sure. Yeah. I I think I know, I am be too. Like, he's gonna be like, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. Listen, oh, man. I'm going to swing around under you on this side and then this side <laughs> and then this side again a couple of times and then this side and then this side. You can try and stop me. See how many times you get the arm bar around my neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, week 15, the Titans come in. Week 16, the Steelers will be at the Chiefs for a late start. That's a 425 CBS game. Day after Christmas, by the way. Christmas is on a Saturday this year, boys and girls. Uh, just in case you you wanted to start your shopping early, um, January third is week seventeen. That's when the Browns come in for a Monday nighter in Heinz Field, and then the Steelers will finish the season uh, week eighteen. Believe it or not, uh, at Baltimore. So the Ratbirds. Yeah, I I mean, look, I I we went eleven and zero last year. I think we would all agree that, that some of those wins were maybe a little smoke and mirrors, but a win is a win in the NFL. Um, you're sitting there at 11 and zero, and, and now you look at this particular schedule and it's like, wow, this team really, really, really is going to need to get off to a good start. Um, and you got to take advantage of those home games early four out of the first six. Um, and, and again, I, I, I have to throw in there that it's just May. There's so many things that can happen. Yep. Um, injuries are going to happen. Uh, trades every will year. happen every single year. Every year happens. you look at strength of yep. schedule yep. based upon the previous year's records. Mm-hmm. Previous year's opponent's records. Excuse me. And, uh, you know, every year it's garbage. By midseason it means nothing. So, right. It may matter and it may not. I I look at it on paper and I see a handful of really strong teams and I see some, yeah, that are smoke and mirrors. I mean, you know, we talk about the Browns. Yes, they had a nice draft. They did. Um, but they have a good running game, but they beat an awful lot of bad teams by small margins last year. Mm-hmm. 
And generally speaking, what that portends is a return to the mean, which would put them at closer to like, you know, nine wins. No, as you're opposed right. to 11. Um, I am not a believer yet. On top of that, I know the Steelers lost. It was embarrassing in that mm-hmm. playoff game, but the mm-hmm. Steelers beat the Steelers in that game. The Browns didn't beat the Steelers. The Steelers beat the Steelers. Mm-hmm. You know, the Steelers yeah. should hang their heads down. They got their asses kicked, but they did it to themselves. Yeah. And I, I don't believe in the Browns yet. I would agree. I I need to see more, especially at the quarterback position. I need to yeah, see what he can, he can do. Baker can't carry that team. He needs a running game. Well, that, that's what I mean. If he's not in play action, yeah. he's he's below right. average. That, that's exactly what I mean. Uh, if if they're in a situation where they cannot run the ball effectively, my faith in them is zero. Um, and and so that's that's how big that running game is for them. And let's you know? not forget also that this is this is the window for both the Browns and the Ravens because this is the last year that Baker and Lamar have on their rookie deals. And after this, they're going to have to sign them to some ridiculously stupid contract. Good point. And. I think that'll happen this summer for Lamar, to be honest. Probably, but but really, the first year of those deals, you can kind of mitigate in the cap. You can, so you can, um, except that that Lamar's fifth year option is stupid high. I mean, it's five million because he was a Pro Bowler twice. Mm -hmm. He was Baker's is higher too because he was a top ten pick. The top ten picks have it higher than the rest of them too. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. It's not like I, I think. Lamar's is the transition tag for quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the the one other thing I, I want to point out too while we're still talking about the schedule. Yeah. Is before we talk about other teams, is that, you know, we're sitting here now in May saying how mm-hmm. hard this looks. Yeah. But I mean, one or two injuries change the complexion of this thing completely. I Great mean, look, look back to 2017 when you know we had a a week nine bye and the second half of the season we were like oh man we've got you know indy and green bay and new england and houston and then andrew luck gets hurt we wind up playing against jacoby brissett aaron Rodgers gets hurt we wind up playing against whoever that it wasn't matt flynn that time it was i um, remember who uh, who was that schmuck they almost beat us actually yeah Um, yeah yeah boswell had to kick a field goal um and then deshaun watson got hurt and you know we wound up playing against TJ Yates. It was Brent Huntley. Brent Huntley. That's right, Huntley. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. But you know, I mean, one or two injuries, and all of a sudden, you know, and that was the year we went thirteen and three. So you know, a, a stretch yeah. of games that we were looking at that season mm-hmm. where we we're like, we've got yeah. Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, and then a Baltimore game in there wound up being, you know. Jacoby Brissett, Brett Hundley, TJ Yates, and if and Jesse James caught the damn ball, so we should have beat New England too. So, um, you, you know, I'm I'm just saying that like no, it's a it's a what, very what good we point. see now could change with one or two injuries, or if Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to go host Jeopardy and not play. We talk about this every season. Mm-hmm. The complexion of the NFL changes every four weeks. So if you don't like what's going on, if you don't feel comfortable about where your team is, wait a month. No, Shit will true. change. And yeah. if you feel real comfortable about where your team is, wait a month. Things can change. That's the great thing about the NFL. That's the great thing about the NFL's parody is that mm-hmm. things can change quickly, and they tend to in that league. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't necessarily mean that your team – you know, starts losing a ton or winning a ton. It just means that the the way the games unfold become very, very different um, than they were the week uh, or the four weeks prior and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, when no, it's a very, Super very good How point. much injuries matter. Oh, too. my God. Take away a couple of tackles, man. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that, that really hurt them badly, but by the yeah. same token, you know, Tampa had a great, great defensive game plan. And they did. They just shut them down. Yeah. Um, just wanted to remind everybody, of course, that you are listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated, serving Broward and the southern Palm Beach counties. 
Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. And while I'm on it, I would also like to mention a big shout out to Dan and the guys at at DC uh, 4L Custom Tees and and to our graphics guy, Aaron. Um, In a matter of like minutes, they threw together a really cool graphic package and threw it on some hats. And if you have a chance to get over to... uh, to dc4lcustomtees.com do it the hats are super sweet they're good quality they're great prices Aaron Aaron already scooped up a couple of them um and and check that out there's you know there's some shirts and other stuff over there too but uh dc is great i mean they if you want beach towels they'll do beach towels for you you want stickers decals all that stuff they'll do that for you um they are just so fun to work with um, and they, they just want to put stuff out and, 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 uh, they, they love working with people and you got ideas, they'll, they'll figure out a way to do it for you. So definitely check that out. Um, one other topic, uh, to this week, Juju did an interview. I, I don't who, who did he do an interview with? Do you guys recall that, that this kind of, sure. yeah, I'm not either, but, but there was some discussion about him on the formation or in the formation offensively. And, um, as, as our Derek, uh, pointed out, you know, he, he was in the slot like 80 some percent of the time last year, or, or I should say worked from the slot, uh, about that much, about 81% um, of the time. Yeah. 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 And, and so he seemed to allude to the fact that maybe that won't be quite as much this year. And so that has led to speculation, you know, well, does that mean they're taking a receiver off, putting another tight end on, blah, 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 blah. So, Ben, what what do you think he's getting at by that? Well, they ran mainly three receiver sets last year. Right. Like every down. <laughs> every mm-hmm. single down. And um, you really – you can run Claypool from the slot, but – it's not his forte. He really is a more of a an outside guy. Uh, right. Washington is almost exclusively an outside guy, and Johnson is an X, which is an outside position. You can move him in. In fact, I don't know why they don't move Johnson in more, to be honest. I agree. With his route running ability, he'd do that very well. But, yes, what I do expect this year is more – 12 personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends. I expect them to try to utilize Eric Ebron, but I expect to see him more Mm -hmm. from the slot because the man cannot block. He can't. True. So if you have him in there as an inline blocker or in a position to be an inline blocker, they're going to run blitz. That's what they did to us last year. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. They came right at Ebron. And rather than honoring the fact that he, you know, was a good receiver, they would just run right at him and either jam his route or run past him and blow up the play in the backfield. Right. Because, again, he can't block. I mean, his Chase Young, that Washington game, which is, you know, first loss. Yep. Chase Young practically shut down the Steelers offense single-handedly. Because Ebron can't block. Yeah. No, it's not a secret. You know, and Al was not much better, and he's an offensive tackle. So, uh, yeah, I, I expect to see more 12 personnel. They they drafted Fryaruth to play that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that he's going to see a ton of snaps this year, but let's say he sees 25 a game or 30 a game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that'd be quite a bit of, of 12 personnel for this team. Right. Right. Um, Ian, what, what does that allow? If, if Friar Muth does get, say, 25 to 30 snaps a game, what, what does that allow Matt Canada and the Steelers to do offensively that, that's different from what they've been doing? Um, well, I mean, I, I think it, it gives you the opportunity to be variable, right? Juju is probably your best blocking wide receiver too so i mean if you throw if you throw claypool and ebron to one side of the field 
those are two guys that can run down the field and can potentially create mismatches, especially if they're in, you know, two, two high safeties. Mm-hmm. You throw Juju on the other side. If Fryermuth's on that side, I mean, you can run to that side. Then, you know, you get, you get Fryermuth and Juju both blocking on one side and Fryermuth on the edge of the line, then Juju blocking out wide with Najee Harris running the ball. I mean, he's got Najee. I was watching some more of, of Harris and his vision is better than any running back we've had here in quite a while that you know yeah. his ability to to find the hole and explode mm-hmm. through it is incredibly good he, he has vision just like d'angelo williams did mm. but he's he is literally twice as talented and granted i i don't really have a reference for when d'angelo was a young back maybe he was every bit as talented as Najee mm-hmm. is now mm-hmm. but what the thing that Williams had going for him late in his career was the fact that he still had vision. He still could see things before they happened and make the most of it and exploit the defense before they knew they were being exploited. Yeah. And Najee's got that already, but he's way more talented. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. No argument so, here. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, it, it gives you the option to do different things. I mean, uh, everything we've seen about Matt Canada's approach is being variable and being able to move guys around and put guys in different spots to be able to succeed and to create mismatches all over the field, whatever you want to do. And, you know, before the draft, we talked about that. Yeah, maybe we didn't think that drafting a running back in the first round was the best use of resources, but we also got the best receiving back in the draft, too. So, I mean, Alabama put Najee Harris in the slot. They split him out wide on a couple plays. I mean, you can can now basically, if you put – let's take Fryermuth off for a minute, but, I mean, if you put Juju, Ebron, Claypool, Johnson, Najee on the field – you can line those guys up and move them around wherever you want. I mean, you could line up, you could split Najee out wide and put Deontay Johnson in the backfield and have him run routes out of there for crying out. Like you could do what literally whatever you want to do. You can split Najee out wide and put, put Deontay in the slot and have a linebacker forced to cover him. Yeah. We've never seen that before. What a concept. (laughs) What a concept. Right. Right. So, and do you <laughs> so so speaking of things I want to see out of this offense, number one, I want them to see the, I want them to actually be able to like execute a two minute drill without having to call a timeout every play or, or like figure out what they're doing <laughs> every but time they two, get into the red zone timeout. Yeah, like yeah, that like, that didn't inspire a great deal of confidence no, in Randy, no, no, did it? No, the, the other thing, and this team has done this like dating back to the Bruce Arians years and it has blown my mind every time I see it happen mm-hmm. you don't see it as much on TV but when you're at the game you see it is that when they're in a hurry up they'll call a play and mm-hmm. have their their outside receivers running down the field and then the next play they call the receivers have to switch sides so if there's a completed pass underneath and the guy gets tackled and the clock is running a receiver that's 30 40 yards down the field has to come back and run all the way across the field to the other side to get lined up rather than just coming back and lining up on the same side like part of part of running a successful offense is also, you know, maximizing those seconds that you have and being like, oh yeah, we're not going to waste six seconds to have our receivers run across the field to get lined up. Like just line them up on the same damn side and run another play. No, that's a great point. I I mean, time management, you know, I mean, it's it's those little things that that can come back and make such a big difference there. No, No doubt about it. Um, um, one other thing I, I want to touch on, um, you know, last week we talked a little bit after the draft, you know, are, are the Steelers a better team? Um, I think anytime you go through the draft, you know, and you pick some players up, you're, you're going to say, yeah, of course they're a better team. They got, we got some younger talent, some better players, but I, I, I mean, I keep coming back to the fact that I don't really feel like this offensive line is, is in any way, shape or form proven yet. And so I do have a hard time saying that we are a better team. 
Um, ben, am I am I off in that? Am I kind of on? Am I somewhere in the middle? Where am I on that? Well, I mean, we talked about this last week. I mean, right. basically, it's the only short term pick in my opinion was Najee Harris Mm -hmm. and it uh, short term by that I mean like immediate impact immediate year one year year one impact guy that was Najee Harris Friar Booth is going to have some impact as a rookie but he's not going to have enough because he's he's not going to play enough to to have a major effect um but he'll help in so much as he can block so, yes, they're better from that standpoint. Are they better than they were week 17? This is the question. Not are they better than they were the day before the draft, because, of mm-hmm. course, they're better than they were the day before the draft. They added Definitely. Some, Definitely. some talent. But are they better than they were week 17 along that line? Well, you know, Marquise Pouncey, as we talked about, didn't have a great year, but he still was a respectable NFL offensive lineman. Kendrick Green has got a lot of potential, but that's just a French word for hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> and when you look at his at his physical ability, it looks like he can play the position and it'll work, especially in an outside zone scheme. But only four of his 33 college starts were at center. Mm-hmm. So he's going to need some time to transition to the position. It's no slight. Again, I said this last week, it's no slight if he does not start right out of the gate. Really isn't. It's a concern from my standpoint because Hassenauer and BJ Finney both suck, but it's not a slight. It's nothing against him. It just means, you know, he needed some time to adjust and they wanted to go with a veteran presence. Um, Kevin Dotson is a definite upgrade to Matt Filer, who yes. uh, Dotson should have started last season, as far as I'm concerned. I do not believe that Chuksakorafor is much of an upgrade, if at all, to Al Villanueva. Um, I do think that Zach Banner is an upgrade to Chuksakorafor at right tackle. At right tackle. But he's not a great pass blocker either. Hopefully, David DeCastro will be healthy. Uh, I'm not convinced that they're going to be better along the line yet. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm not. not. I'm, no, I'm not I, either. You know, I, I look at the, the line as a whole. I think it's going to be a bit discombobulated week one. Um, I look at the, the pieces individually. The only person I'm confident is an upgrade is is Dotson. He's mm-hmm. absolutely an upgrade. Mm-hmm. But the other guys, maybe, you know, hopefully DeCastro's healthy. That, that's, I, yeah. that's my big point of optimism at this point as far as the offensive line goes. I wish that they had taken a slightly different approach because I think they have they've got a window with Ben that's a year or two, small, and that's it, and small. they're done. Yep. And then we go into the the no franchise quarterback wasteland again, but the Steelers always draft long term. Always, that's just that's a hallmark yep. Yep. of of them. It's what they do. Uh, they are not like the Bengals, where you know they've got a high draft pick and they could have taken the best tackle in the draft, and instead they take a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. just fucking morons. <laughs> Can I add on to that too? Of that course. My 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 big takeaway from this draft class was number one, they drafted guys who are physical, nasty, hard nosed players. Yep. Across the board. I mean, even even looking at some of their their later round picks, you know, Quincy Roche and mm-hmm. um, you know, the the um, Green and Dan Moore. Okay, Sermon's um, not, and I think I think Dan Moore is an is a is a finesse tackle. I I I think he is, but he's got an edge to him too. Uh, his uh, career is going to be, you know, at it's best, hard to say. It's going to be respectable backup. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'm okay. not all right. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, I, I haven't I'm, seen enough yet to judge on I'm, that. I'm not. I'm not plugging in Dan Moore to start year one, but no. I think I think he has the athleticism and the upside to to potentially be able to start in the future. But he's got to develop. So that's where I am with him. Um, the other Buddy thing, Johnson. Yeah. He, what do you think? He, uh, I, I I like his sideline to sideline ability to fly over the, all over the field. He made a lot of tackles in college. He can read plays pretty well, but he needs to progress a little bit in pass coverage and a little bit, um, a, mm-hmm. a lot of it. Um, but the, okay, so, so okay, all right, all right. I'm I'm getting off my point, but I'm going to answer this too. That you want to talk about? Are we better than Week 17? Devin Bush was hurt Week 17, so yeah, Devin Bush coming back. Linebackers are better. Right. Um, okay, but I, worse, I was so. speaking specifically to the offensive line. Is the yeah. offensive line better than it was week 17? Uh, I, I, depends on if DeCastro is healthy or not, um, is is what it comes down to. me. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, defense, I think the line's about the same. Linebackers are mm-hmm. better than they were week 17 because Bud Dupree was hurt and he's not going to be here, so that's a wash. But Devin Bush is back. Um, but the secondary is worse. So linebackers better, secondary is worse. And that's mostly a corner. I mean, safety is what safety is. We have an all pro and a guy. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about our seventh round pick. I don't think that he's going to be a big contributor this year. Um, God, who am I talking about? Norwood? Trey, uh, Trey, Norwood. Trey Norwood. Trey Norwood. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's going to be a big contributor this year, but if he can get on the field and play special teams, sit behind Minka, learn the safety positions, both of them, mm-hmm. but he's primarily going to be a free. If he can learn yes. the positions and and contribute on special teams and play sparingly here and there and grow into the role, I'm optimistic about that kid. I'm yeah. super optimistic about Quincy Roche. I think he's got an opportunity to come in this year and Damn. compete to play this year. Now, he's not going to play big minutes, but let's say he gets eight, eight snaps snapped. a game. Yeah, yeah, eight or ten snaps a game, plus another you know, eight or ten more on special teams. That, that would, be, that would think, be kind of a big deal. I think Roche's a little undersized. I think if you use him exclusively in a pass rushing role, he'll be really, really good. But he needs to develop his play strength to to be able to play against the run. But yeah, set the edge. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. My my second point on the draft class is to back up what Ben said about them drafting long term. They drafted a lot of guys who are team captains in college. And I think they always try and do that, but I think it was intentional this year that they know. We talked about that last year too, last week too. Yeah, yeah that the Marquise Pouncey retired. Ben's going to retire. Cam Hayward's probably only got a couple years left. Like you want guys to be that next generation of locker room leadership, and that's a that's a really long term view, but mm-hmm. it's a, a good view to take from a team building. And oh, and is it just a transition after Ben too, right? Like the rookie quarterbacks we've seen be successful are ones that come into a team that can run the ball too and aren't asking the rookie quarterback to do everything. Yeah, yeah. Ben came into a situation like yes. that. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, all he had to do was manage the game and make a handful of third down plays that nobody saw coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's. And, and that was it. And, you know, keep some drives alive, doing some off-script shit that nobody saw coming. Okay, well, that's our starter now. That's good. That works. Yeah, yeah no, I, I Yeah, agree. it was fantastic. Remember, mm-hmm. it was a rook? And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, yeah. Third and 12, what are we going to do? Uh, Well, Ben's going to run around and <laughs> find a guy and throw the ball to him. That'll work. <laughs> Draw that one up. <laughs> I think that that was the first time in my life, granted, (laughs) with, yeah, that that was the first time in my life, like, I would ever feel, I ever felt comfortable on third downs. Like, before that in my life, when it was Neil O'Donnell or Cordell Stewart or Jim Miller or whoever it was, (laughs) and it was like, oh, we got sacked on second down or, you know, we had a a running play that lost yards. Like, we're screwed now. But, you know, with Ben, it was like, oh, Ben will make something happen. Right. Ben will figure it out. I don't know what the play call will be, but it doesn't really matter because he's just going to run around and find a guy and then throw the ball to him. Yeah, I I was very comfortable 
in that day and age with third and two. Yeah, they'll just hand yeah, the yeah. ball to Bettis. They'll make a hole. He'll fall through it, get three yards, and we'll move the chains. My I was super comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah. You know, God, now, we back to that. now we can't even convert like third and inches. We can't well, convert a we can't convert a fourth and six inches. I know. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just it so flies in the face of everything the Steelers have, have been about in our lifetimes. And uh, so, yeah, the frustration. Yeah, I, think, I, think, is there. I think they want to get back to that, though, right? They, they I do, too. They guys that are, that are hard-nosed, that have an edge to them, and they draft the guys that are leaders. And I, I think they want to get back to that. But they didn't yeah. draft – they didn't draft early enough for the offensive line. I'm sorry. They didn't. They took a Ferrari in the first round that Mike Tomlin is going to run the wheels off in five years. I'll be surprised if he gets a second contract. And that should not be a first-round pick. Your first-round pick should be a guy who gets a second and third contract, a foundational-type pick. Mm-hmm. And this guy ain't it. That's that's my gripe. He is an outstanding talent, and he, he seems like an even better human being. Yeah. It's impossible not to like him. And I, I think he'll be successful for five years. And then I look at Tomlin's track record with running backs, and I'm just like, yeah, he's going to touch the ball 400 times, and he's going to be done by his sixth year. It's going to be like, you know, hopefully not, we're not paying him $20 million at that point because that's what running backs are going to cost it then. Um, yeah, I just – I'm not – I don't like the direction that this – this draft took. What, what, I I would have gone first round in the first. I would have gone offensive line in the first round. I would have gone offensive line in the second round, and then I would have taken Trey Sermon in the third, and and run with it, and and, and been happy. And and Najee Harris, like I said, he's a stealer. Now I will support him. I hope he's incredibly successful. I just look at it from the standpoint that Mike Tomlin does this over and over and over. Le'Veon Bell is a shadow of what he was mm-hmm. when he played for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And and that's why he wouldn't sign the damn deal. He was like, I'm not touching the ball 400 times unless I've got security long term. You know, and, and yeah, he made a bad business decision because he, he lost money in the end. But that was why he wouldn't do it. He knew what Tomlin was going to do, and he was right. And Tomlin, he- you know, I mean, he just buried the guy he's do you, done do you, do you think if if ben roethlisberger would have been let, let, let's say this was 10 years ago eight years ago do, do you think they draft the lineman in the first round and and not the immediate need running back in the first well 10 years ago well, 12 years ago 13 yeah. years ago mm-hmm. it, they took richard mendenhall, mendenhall. In 2008 right um but yeah, did 2010, we have, they, 2010 right. they took they took Marquise Pouncey. Yeah, Pouncey. so yes. Right. Well, yes. And, and I the, mean, obviously their history is that they would have done that. And then the next year they took David DeCastro. Well, but who who was that running back at that time, though? And let's say in 2010. It would have been Mendenhall at that Mendenhall. time, right? Mendenhall yeah. was yeah. in his last year. And then we had that disastrous, like, yeah. rotation of Isaac Redman and Jonathan yeah. Dwyer and – you know that, yeah. That hey, those guys, those, that, and that, and that—that's kind of my point. That's kind of what I'm getting to. Those guys were really marginal talent, yeah. below average NFL talent, and those lines made them look respectable they, because they, they were had really some decent good, games. They were really good lines, and so you yeah. think a guy like a Trey Sermon, who is talented, maybe he's not okay. He's definitely not as talented as Najee Harris. No. No. But he's talented. You take a guy like that and you put him back, you put him behind a good offensive line, and he's an ass kicker. Well, he went to San Francisco, which has a great running scheme, and exactly. he's exactly really a great good running there. scheme, yeah. and they have a pretty strong line, and he's gonna kick ass this year. Yes. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're uh, just about out of time here for uh, tonight, and um, want to again, we are. Believe it or not, I, I, you know, I wish I had the uh, luxury of it only being eight twenty, but uh, fortunately, it's not. 
anyway, we will be uh, back next week, of course, with much more exciting Steelers talk, if you will. But uh, nevertheless, uh, for Ian and for Ben, this is Steel Dad. You've been listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. Ha, <laughs>